not the person who wrote the stairs and I'll stir. How many pastors it be as we have signed the amen? My Lord and my God, I firmly believe that you are here, and that you see me, that you hear me. I adore you with profound reverence. I ask your pardon for my sins and grace to make this time of prayer fruitful. My Immaculate Mother, Saint Joseph, my Father and Lord, my Guardian Angel, Now it happened that he was standing by one day by the lake of Genesaret with a crowd pressing around him, listening to the word of God. When Jesus, when he caught sight of two boats at the water's edge, <clears throat> the fishermen had gone out of them and were washing their nets. He got into one of the boats, it was Simon's, and asked him to put out a little from the shore. So our Lord was standing by the lakeside with this big crowd around him but at the same time while he was focused on the crowd he was also focused on peter there's this contrast the general big number of people that were there and the one particular soul and our lord was in particular looking for a way to enter into simon's soul and so we asked him to put out a little from the land and then he used that boat for a while taught the people while he was there standing in the boat and possibly Peter was listening but he might have been also just finishing off his work after all their night that they'd been fishing cleaning up the nets cleaning out all the different stuff that might be there and when he had finished speaking our Lord says we'll put out uh, into the deep and pay out your nets for a catch possibly every instinct if Peter was to say no, we've been out all night, we're tired, we didn't catch anything, <coughs> you know, there's no point, uh, we know all the fish in this lake and if we say there's no fish, well there's no fish. But there was something about our Lord's glance or something about his question and his petition that had a certain fascination for Peter caused him to put aside all those initial instincts that he had and to try again. His only reason for doing so was the word that our Lord spoke. We've toiled all night and caught nothing, but at your word. It gives an example for the whole of eternity of the importance of listening to that word may be the only reason for doing things but it's a wonderful reason we might be a bit wearied sometimes from not seeing results in our interior life or in our apostolate we might have a sensation sometimes of total failure of lots of, of have lots of reasons for giving up but that's when we should hear the voice of our lord saying to us looking at him Try again, begin once more, start off all over again in my name. <clears throat> and that's 
what's going to make the difference. That supernatural consideration and supernatural outlook. One of the main messages in this annual course that we were told was precisely that, supernatural outlook. The work that we're involved in is supernatural. Our approach has to be supernatural. Our reactions have to be supernatural. Faith, trust, hope. And so the secret of progress, said one spiritual writer, and of every victory, is in fact to know how to begin again and to learn from a failure and to try once more. And possibly through all the apparent failures, our Lord may be telling us that we have to try for more supernatural reasons, to function out of obedience for him and for him only, at your word. And so our Father, <coughs> St. Josemaria in the way, says the power of obedience. The lake of Genesareth had denied its fishes to Peter's nets, a whole night in vain. Then, obedient, he lowered his nets again to the water, and they caught a huge number of fish. Believe me, we're told the miracle was repeated every day. Simon replied, Master, we worked all night and long and caught nothing, but if you say so, I will pay out the nets. And when he had done this, they netted such a huge number of fish that their nets began to tear. So they signaled to their companions in the other boats to come and to help them. And when these came, they filled both boats, boats to sinking point. If ever we find ourselves a little bit tired out or unable to begin again, we should look to our Lord beside us in the boat, inviting us to begin again with a new docility, with real effort, to listen to the advice that we've received, perhaps in confession or spiritual direction. <coughs> And then we'll find the strength to go on. St. Teresa says, I often thought my constitution would never endure the work I had to do. But the Lord said to me, daughter, obedience gives strength. And so we found a certain power there, <coughs> reasons for going on. Cast the nets here, cast the nets there. And we never know what souls our Lord is going to bring us in contact with. And so this virtue, <coughs> listening to the word, very essential in order to follow our Lord closely. When Peter put out into the lake with our Lord in the boat, he very quickly discovered that his nets were filling, so much so that they were in danger of breaking. And so they had to call their friends. There was fish for everybody. And so obedience is always rewarded bountifully. This passage of the gospel can well be full of lessons for us. In Christ's absence, everything can be can be in vain. If people try to promote apostolic works without counting on God, well, their own counting on their own experience and human factors, well, they may end up in great darkness. But when we're working for God, when we leave it to Him. If we try to insist in doing things our own way, doing our own will, guided only by our own judgment, well then, 
we may end up with a lot of fruitlessness. We're told in the fourth, my child, if you don't give up your own judgment, if you're proud, if you devote yourself to your apostolate, you will work all night and your whole life will be one long night. And at the end of it, all the dawn will find you with your nets empty. And so Peter showed a certain humility. By listening to somebody who wasn't a fisherman, and so could be supposed to know nothing about the, the work in which he, Simon, had acquired so much experience, so much knowledge. I know. I know from experience. I know everything about my job. But yet he trusts. Has confidence in our Lord, in his word, more than in all the years of toil that he'd already put into his work. And so we can see from this passage that our Lord had already won Peter over a little bit. He knew how to respond a little bit to the things our Lord was asking. And so he gives this very trusting response. These were the, the final touches of his initiation. Second Vatican Council says, above and beyond any considerations of convenience or efficiency, the principal reason why obedience is so essential for the disciple of Christ is that it forms part of the mystery of redemption. Christ revealed to us his mystery. By his obedience, he brought about our redemption. And so by eliciting that act of obedience from Peter and that total confidence, he prepared very much the ground for his future vocation. St. Thomas says, and so anyone who wishes to follow the master's footsteps cannot place any limits to his obedience. Jesus taught us to obey in easy things and in heroic things because he obeyed in things which were very weighty and difficult unto death on the cross. <coughs> and so that obedience causes us to identify our will with the will of God. And that will of God, as we know, can be manifested through people who have the grace of state, of other people who are there to guide us in different ways <clears throat> so that we can identify our will with theirs in family, social, professional life. And in a special way, we know that in our chat and confession where we hear the word of God there, we have to listen very carefully. God expects of us a certain way of acting, an upright conduct, a unity of life that's manifested in all sorts of moments of our life, together with a cheerful disposition in responding to all forms of lawful authority, particularly also the magisterium of the Church of the Holy Father. Gandhi Guru Granth says, if we stay with Christ, he always fills our nets. In his presence, even what appears to be fruitless and pointless becomes effective and fruitful. I just finished reading the history of the Diocese of Okuro, very inspiring. You see all sorts of different people with all sorts of different initiatives in big places and small places, sometimes places that seem rather insignificant. But when you put the whole thing together, it's a wonderful story of evangelization, of development, of God working in all sorts of ways, <coughs> building the future, changing the world all the things we dream about. 
all done through this little person here and that little person there, living a certain spirit, but corporately turning the souls, the soil. So that's very much what we're involved in. And the day-to-day -day realities and the humdrum things well, might seem to be superfluous or not fruitful, but yet when you put it all together, well, something great is taking place. He says, obedience makes our actions and sufferings meritorious in such a way that no matter how pointless they may seem, they in fact can be extremely fruitful. So often the reality is completely different to what may be the apparent things, the superficial things. One of the many wonderful things our Lord has done is to have made the most useless things like pain meaningful. By his obedience and his love, he has made it glorious. <clears throat> and so we should try and be open to, to God's will. Peter didn't feel like doing what he was asked to do. But then, when he saw the fruits, his reaction was completely different. When Peter saw this, he fell at the knees of Jesus, saying, Leave me, Lord, for I am a sinful man. There may be times also when our Lord gives us certain graces to see with a deeper sense our own self-love or our own miseries or our own weaknesses, see them with greater clarity. We could find those words of Peter coming to our lips. For he and all his companions were completely awestruck at the catch they had made. So also were James and John, the sons of Zebedee, who were Simon's partners. So there was just no comparison between the night of fruitless fishing, dark night of the soul, and suddenly the incredible fruitfulness that was there. And so all the periods that we might experience when we don't seem to see any fruit, maybe just a preparation, what's there in the future. But Jesus said to Simon, do not be afraid. From now on, it is people you will be catching. And then bringing their boats back to land, they left everything and followed him. From seeing the miracles that our Lord did, well, they changed their lives. And so Peter is dumbfounded at the catch they've landed. Our Lord manifests himself to many of the apostles in this moment, but very particularly to Peter. It was his soul that he was after. He looked at our Lord and then threw himself at his feet. Depart from me. He realized how insignificant he was in comparison to Christ's supreme majesty. I am nothing. I have nothing. I can do nothing. If we're able to do anything, it's because of the grace of God working in us and through us. And then our Lord says those comforting words, do not be afraid. Words which he had said so frequently, particularly after his resurrection, do not be afraid, it is I, calms him down, gives him peace. Henceforth he will be catching men. He's preparing him for this great endeavor that's in the future, to be a fisher of men. And so they left everything and they followed him. And all of this started when Jesus asked Peter for a loan of his boat, a small thing. But he ended up getting his life. And so Peter was chosen in a special way. 
destined to have an indelible effect on all those souls that Christ himself was to place in his care. He began by obeying in small things. And then our Lord showed him the wonderful plans which he had prepared for all eternity for him, the poor fishermen of Galilee. How often St. Maria invited us to pay an awful lot of attention to little things, to obey in small things, because nothing is unimportant. Do this, do that, take care of this thing in this way or that way. And so all the activities that we organize, meditations, recollections, retreats, seminars, well, we also have to be careful with those little things, <coughs> that everything is as it should be, the way that St. Maria left us. And so thousands and thousands of people have enkindled their faith in the faith of those men who that day followed Jesus. They launched out into the deep. And they've enkindled their faith, particularly in the faith of Peter, who was to be the rock, the immovable foundation of the church. And so we're told in the way, nor can we foresee all the consequences of our following Christ faithfully. He continually asks us for a greater response, for more docility or more obedience to the things he gradually shows us. Over time, we see aspects of our vocation with greater clarity. We see why things are this way, or we see the wisdom of having things this way. Or maybe we see that other people don't have things this way, and well, how lucky we are. Or we come to see in different ways, with different optical angles, the importance of the life of St. Maria and of Blessed Alvaro. Their figures become bigger all the time as we learn new things, new things that we didn't know before, but now we've come to know. If we are faithful, he continues, someday he will let us see the full importance of having followed him with deeds. Among those around you, apostolic soul, you are the stone fallen into the lake. With your word and your example, you produce a first circle. And it's another and another and another, wider each time. Now do you understand the greatness of your mission? We never know the depth and breadth of the circles that God wants us to create from being that stone dropped into the lake. New circles every time, a new period of our life. And when the saints were told, let us not try to restrict God as Peter didn't. If you're one of those who launch out into the deep, set the course straight and firm. If you give yourself to God, if you give yourself to God you, the, the way the saints did, let no one and nothing occupy your attention and slow you down. You belong to him. If you give yourself, give yourself for eternity. Let neither the roaring waves nor the treacherous undercurrent shake the current, the concrete solidity of your foundations. God depends on you, he leans on you. Put all your energy into it and row against the current. Dukenaltum. Launch out into the deep waters with all those who around you who, who love Christ and with the example of them. One of the words that was striking in one of the meditations in the annual course was that well, people don't in the world don't think about eternal life. It's just so true. Nobody goes around thinking about eternal life. They have so many things to think about in this life. 
One of the things in all our means of formation, as we try to remind people about and in our apostolate, is precisely that. St. Josemaria says, foster in your soul the glorious hope of heaven. We have to try and foster it in many other souls. Purpose of retreats, of recollections, reminding people that they have a soul, that there is an eternal life. There's something else after this. So all the ups and downs, so the tired nights of not catching anything, or what seems to be fruitless hours of work, well, all have a deeper meaning. They're all geared towards something. We're called to plant that seed. And so Blessed Alvaro said, the Lord is counting on you for the huge apostolic work awaiting us in your region and in so many countries of the five continents. St. Jose Maria's words in his last circular letter from Burgos in 1939 sound as timely as ever. Refuse to look at the difficulties. When we were given a get-together and some of the projects of this region on the last day of the annual course, and well, you see wonderful projects there, great things to dream about, to think about, wonderful things to spend our life, maybe our apparent nights not catching anything in vain, to bring about those great projects and the impact that it can have on societies and cultures and people. Refuse to look at the difficulties, be optimistic. And having applied your usual supernatural means, cast your nets. It's for this that you are, like Peter and like the twelve fishers of men. We don't know how God is using or casting our line or casting our nets in these particular moments using us in different ways to meet this particular person, to influence this environment, to plant this particular seed. There's an old Castilian proverb that comes to my mind from pen, troubled waters mean a good catch. Maria Ruelto Galantia de Pescadores. And so each opportunity, each situation is an opportunity to cast those nets. I'm here for a purpose. God has got into my boat. He's placed me in this situation. He's placed these people around me. There's something here that I have to transmit. Doing this, do the sowing then. I assure you in the name of the Lord of the harvest that there will be a good crop. But make a generous sowing that's right the whole world. And so he continues that very same spirit is to be lived even better if possible. When one works <clears throat> in a place where there are already a good number of faithful of the predator, the work of St. Raphael or St. Gabriel, in the centre, in a corporate undertaking, and so forth, is none other than the sum total of the personal apostolate of each of those involved in them, multiplied God by God's grace. And so our Lord wants us to go after each soul one by one. When Blessed Alvaro went to Korea in 1987, one of the people that he met there asked him how many people there were in Opus Day, and he said 75,000. And this South Korean person said, well, only. And he said, well, when Opus Day starts in, in, in South Korea, there will be 75,000 in the first year. And Ronaldo said, well, very good, very good, but one by one. <clears throat> so to emphasize that that's the way we do things. The person hadn't quite you know, understood things fully. And so those little points of how we do things are very important. Our personal apostles. We cannot measure supernatural results by human criteria. And so Don Alvaro goes on to talk about opening up like a fan. To have a group of souls hanging from, from each finger. 
not remaining, he says, huddled up in a corner like a rabbit, opening our horizons. It's of great moment, he says, that we increase our own sense of responsibility in the apostolate. And so we have to bring these ideas back to our prayer again and again, asking for new lights, looking at these passages of the gospel that the church places in front of us, knowing that all the little, well, what might seem to be hiccups or contradictions along the pathway are just means to reach more souls. God has other plans. If he asks us for this or asks us for that, well, because he has greater things he wants to give us. He asks Peter for his boat, for his time, for his energy, for his will. Yet he wanted to give him so many greater things. Be very attentive, he says, to the suggestions of the Holy Spirit. Ask for enlightenment. Foster your spontaneity in searching for new friends and bringing them to Jesus Christ, to the work, the church. <clears throat> the church and civil society need our initiative. We were given a, a phrase in one of the monthly intentions some time ago about having creative courage. Creative courage and creative initiative. <clears throat> we can all come up with some new idea, some new little thing perhaps to launch out into the deep in this little area or something we say to this person or that person or we get together a few people to, to push the boat out a little further or embark on new, new initiatives because the church and civil society need that initiative that of each one of us in order to open up new fields of apostolate new areas that are calling for the tilling of the land the situation we're going through, very good for our sanctification, calls for an evangelizing action, which is both capillary and incisive. <clears throat> Let it be noticed that we do want Christ to reign in all human activities. And so that desire to have Christ reigning is shown also in that daily perseverance, in beginning again, in launching out into the deep. For such a huge task, it's urgent that there be men and women clearly conscious of the apostolic meaning of the Christian vocation. One of the great messages that we try to transmit again and again to all sorts of people who come in contact is that apostolic dimension of the Christian vocation. That each person is called to be that fisher of men. To be like Peter to launch out into the deep. And so we can ask Our Lady, Queen of Apostles, that she might help us to bring these passages that the church places before us to our prayer to see the new consequences that they have for us in each of the different stages of our life and to see how our Lord is leading us closer to souls all the time so that we can try and bring them closer to him. Mary, Queen of Apostles, pray for us. and inspirations which you have communicated to me during this meditation. I ask your help to put them into practice. My Immaculate Mother, St. Joseph, my Father and Lord, my Guardian Angel, and your seat for me.